leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it! Jerry West made it from the other side of the midcourt strike! To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe from way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and with me is a very special guest, a third-time visitor on the program, a graduate of the sports business classroom, Evan Dial. Evan, thanks so much for coming on. Garrett, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for so much for having me. Now, uh, we, we talked about, uh, for, this, for this episode, we've got about a week left in the regular season. We're recording this on, uh, on April 3rd, on a Wednesday. And so we thought it'd be a good time to, to break down the, uh, the season-long awards. Now, of course, a lot of people out there might, uh, you know, might put stock into these last three or four games. But for me, I think that stuff, uh, you know, you don't want to get too much into like the whole recency bias thing. So I think we've uh, we've had enough uh, evidence from all of these players to to make these sorts of decisions. We're going to go through the gamut of all the awards, uh, including you know first, second, third team All NBA, the All Rookie teams, the All Defensive teams, and all the uh, individual awards as well. But first, Evan, I just wanted to ask you, you know, this uh, this MVP race has been uh, very exciting all season long. That you know, this is probably the most controversial award every single year. Uh, what yeah. uh, you know, and and a lot of people kind of interpret MVP in different ways. What does MVP mean to you? Yeah, it's tough, and obviously this year it's one of the closest, just two two men race I can remember. Um, I just I try to always simplify things, and I just say who has been the best player throughout the course of the season. So. Games played is a factor, but not everything. I think you got to be at least in like the sixties range, and then you do you do have to take consideration who they're playing with. But at the same time, a player shouldn't be dot for also having better teammates. So I just try to focus on who's been the best, both sides, most consistent, most dominant, and I try to focus on that the most. 
Interesting. We we kind of have a slight uh, you know difference in how we view that because I don't necessarily view it just as kind of the the best player. I I kind of view it as the the best player that has done the most. You know, again going back to the whole most valuable concept. My the kind of the way I try to look at it is you know if you replace this player with an average player at his position. You know, how far down the standings do they drop? You know, and and the guy that has the most significant difference there, to me, is the guy that I like to go with. But, you know, it it does often happen to be the guy that is, uh, you know, in that best player or close to that best player category. So let's hear it, Evan. Who do you have as this season's MVP? Man, I've flip-flopped on this about... 12,000 times, but I think I, I'm going to go with Giannis. Okay. And I totally get the case for Harden, and without him, and he saved their season during their tough spot when they started off poorly, but man, Giannis, just both sides, and I don't like, I don't like to dock him for having better teammates than Harden does, and yes, the Bucks without Giannis would be a better team than the Rockets without Harden, probably. But Giannis is just the leap he's taken this year. I mean, he's had 28, like, 8 and 7 or something like that. I mean, rebounds, points, a guy who can legitimately guard five positions, and that's a term that gets thrown around way too much. Blocks, steals, analytics, all love him. He's barely missed any games. He's barely had ever has a bad game. He's efficient while being dominant, which is hard to do. He could be the defensive player of the year as well, which is a very hard thing to do. And it's one of the best teams in terms of record, and they've just been beating the absolute shit out of people. <laughs> so, I, and I know Budenholzer, and they're deep, and I get it, but uh, I'm going with Giannis. And if you and ever goes hearted, I can't fight him to death over it, though. I, I get it. I'm in agreement with you. I went Giannis as well. Uh, and, you know, certainly I, I do agree the fact that uh, the Bucks and, and Giannis does have, uh, you know, some better teammates. But I don't think it's as as crazy of a difference as a lot of people are, are making it out to be. And as of right now, again, we're recording this, uh, you know, with about a week left in the season. The Bucks have a, an eight-game edge on the Rockets in the standings, which is pretty significant. And as you mentioned, I think the biggest point is the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Giannis, when he's on the floor, the Bucks have a 100.5 defensive rating. Uh, he is just everywhere. And offensively, you know, he's not the, uh, you know, he is not as valuable as James Harden, but 64 true shooting on 32 usage is, is pretty incredible. And that whole Bucks offense, I think, is a top five unit because of Giannis's ability and his gravity uh, you know, instead of, you know, with Steph Curry's gravity around the three-point line, Giannis just has that gravity near the rim because he is so unstoppable if you guard him one-on-one. And that just opens everything up. And, you know, Giannis as a passer also. He's gotten better and better every year. You know, Harden may still have a slight edge in that category, but Giannis has even closed that gap. I mean, he's he's really become complete, and it's just his physical presence on a nightly basis there's just there's nothing like it really i mean just just one triple spin dunk over three people it's it's just ridiculous i think he's been the most dominant player so i'm in agreement all right uh, be honest. 
Yeah, Giannis, the Greek freak, winning his first MVP. I, I think that's going to end up being what, what, what happens, but it certainly will be a, a tight vote. Now, uh, moving on to, uh, to, to another uh, fun category, that is uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you have there? This one was really tough. There's a lot of really good candidates. Uh, Giannis, Paul George, Miles Turner, Gobert. I ended up going with Gobert. I... <laughs> I don't know if I did a little because I still am absolutely appalled he didn't make the all-star team and I want him to get something. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but his rim protection, I think he's also improved so much this year on improving switches and defending perimeter, which kind of used to be his Achilles heel. Uh, and with his defensive rating on the floor compared to all for the Jazz is absolutely ridiculous. Again, brings it nightly basis. Very few players can even touch able rim protection he brings. So his defensive RPM, I think, leads the league. I'm going Gobert. We're in agreement once again. Yeah, he's uh, he's been absolutely dominant for the Utah Jazz. A 103 defensive rating with him on the floor. He's fourth in the NBA in rebounding, fourth in block shots, and he's 97th percentile in preventing shots at the rim. So, you know, people don't think about the idea that you know, not only the shots that you see he actually blocks and the ones he alters, but then the shots that just aren't taken because of his presence on the floor. Yeah, he's a rare rim protector. He's only There's only a couple of guys who truly make, you know, guards or wings attacking think twice about attacking. He's one of them, and he's, he's complete, so, and he deserves it. I'm so, so mad he didn't make the all-star team. That yes, was, that was a travesty. Yeah, that was an absolute sham. Uh, who do you have then uh, for for Rookie of the Year? This is another one that seems to be a pretty tight race. Yeah, so this was interesting. First half of the year, it seemed Doncic, Doncic in a lock, but then Trey Young went bananas in the second half of the season, and still is going bananas. Uh, but I'm going Luca. I think I broke it down. I think he's a better player. He's he did have a little bit of a lull in the middle season, but even though people forgot about the Mavs, he's quietly been putting up some really good games. Uh, just a really just clever, unique, strong player who has such a good feel for the game. Uh, scoring, passing, rebound, can play multiple positions. Ops better with Young is a disaster on defense. Luca's at least a little bit better there. Analytics point to Luca, so I'm going with him. Yeah, Doncic with the uh, you know just a slightly higher true shooting percentage and and on higher usage. Uh, I heard a stat apparently that uh, combining uh, the true shooting percentage and uh, and usage, Luca has the best of any rookie since Michael Jordan. So you know he's putting up an inc- yeah he's putting up an incredible rookie season. And and you're absolutely right. The defense I think is also you know if these guys are these guys are so close on the offensive end of the floor, but I think Luca. With his size advantage, and, and you know, I think he's a little bit more aware. A little bit, he, you know, plays with a little more consistent effort on the defensive side of the ball. I, I gave it to Luca as well. So far, we are in total agreement here. Uh, let's, uh, yes, uh, let's move on to uh, most improved player. Who do you got? Uh, I went with Pascal Siakam. <laughs> four for four. Four for four. Okay. Um. So obviously went from a bench role to a starter. His points per game has jumped by like 10 points. Uh, his passing, I think, has improved tremendously this year. Defensively, he can guard almost every position. 
in transition. He's a nightmare to defend. He's put up some monster games. He had like 44, a couple big 35-plus games. Really improved going to rack. And quietly, the second half of the season, his three balls come around. Uh, again, analytics really like him. He was a borderline all-star player, I think, this year. So I'm giving it to Pascal. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, there there are a lot of people, you know, the, the most improved can be an interesting category because sometimes guys win just because they get more minutes, you know, and, and therefore their counting stats go up. And certainly that has been the case. You know, Siakam went from last year being, uh, you know, one of their key reserves to this year being a starter. But I think the difference in this case is not only has Siakam gotten more minutes and those counting stats have improved, but his efficiency has gone up as well. And, and that's yeah. something that I think is, is really important and shows that it's not purely the opportunity, but he is actually getting better out there. Yeah, I love his game, and I think the sky's the limit for him. He's super aggressive, and he's just touching the surface. He's been awesome to watch this year, and obviously a key contributor to a really good team, so I give him the nod. Yeah, and he's he's the example of uh, you know one of those guys that started playing basketball at a very late age. So you know that improvement yeah. curve you know may may go on even to his mid to late twenties. But let's move on to the next the next big individual award, which is the sixth man. Uh, so I wanted to give this to the duo of Lou Will and Montrez Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could make an exception. Uh, Zach Lowe wrote a great piece on them today. Uh, but I had to go with one of them, and I'm going Lou Will again. Uh, I mean, just monster performances off the bench for a team that people didn't think too highly to begin the season. People thought they were done again when they traded Tobias. And a big reason they stay afloat is Lou Will. And I know he's bad on defense, but he his ability to get buckets in crunch time End of shot clock situations, his craftiness in the pick roll, hit jumpers, pass, get to the rim. I mean, he lifts that team's offense afloat many nights. I I think it's got to be Lou Will. I just wanted to uh, to give the audience some assurance that at some point we're going to have a discrepancy. But so far, we're, <laughs> uh, I went with Lou as well. Uh, you know, I, I think his. Yeah, I think you had to. Yeah, his uh, his scoring, his playmaking. You know, he's he's played seventy one games off the bench. I think one of the, yeah. the the key candidates in this race, people have been talking about Derrick Rose, but with his injuries, you know, he's only right. going to end up playing thirty eight games off the bench. And I just think, you know, in terms of we talked a little bit, you mentioned, you know, you got to play a certain amount of games. If if you're playing less yes. than half the season as the sixth man, I, I just don't think you can really be in in contention. Although, you know, Derrick Rose's numbers have been terrific. Yeah, I do have to give Derrick Rose a shout-out, though. What a turnaround. Incredible story. I thought he was absolutely washed, and he had one of his best seasons in years uh, before the injuries, had the 50-point game, learned to shoot, became efficient. It was quite surprising. So I'm just going to give him a shout-out. Yeah, the the three-point ball was absolutely, you know, mind-boggling because he he looked like he, you know, was one of the worst shooters in the NBA for years. His shot looked so flat, but it seemed like he added a little arc to his shot this year. seemed like his legs were more under him, and he had more of that athleticism. Not, you know, not anywhere near his 2011 MVP days, but certainly better than we'd seen in previous seasons. So, yeah, he had a great year, but... You know, again, you can't play 38 games off the bench and be in contention. Right. 
So the next thing, uh, we've kind of moved away from the, the, the player individual awards. Now we're going to Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm probably going to save the Clippers and go Doc Rivers. I think what he's done with this team has been incredible. Um, right now, six in the West, very hard. And obviously, they didn't expect much of the year. I mean, he got career years out of Gallinari. They had to deal with the Tobias trade in the middle of the year. Mix and match lineups all the time. He gets the most out of his players. He puts them in positions to succeed. He's dealt with injuries. He's got that team playing. They are an absolute bitch to play against. They play super. They bring it every night, and I think he's part of that and just setting a culture. So I'll go with my man Doc and developing young guys and getting career years out of older players. I think it's been incredible. I'm going Doc. I love that pick. Uh, we, we actually have a difference of opinion here, finally. Uh, so, you know, I, I love that pick, and I agree with a lot of what you said. What what he's done with that Clippers team has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm going with Budenholzer, and, and I think a lot of people were, you know, you know have this idea that, well, if Giannis gets MVP, you can't give Budenholzer coach of the year. And I, I guess I don't really understand that rationale. I think Giannis has been terrific executing Budenholzer's scheme. And Budenholzer has shown that putting a uh, putting a bunch of three point shooters around Giannis, although it seems pretty simple, you know, there's been coaches for Milwaukee that didn't understand that. You know, he came in there and and got that system perfectly aligned to to maximize Giannis's skill set. And then defensively, I think he doesn't get enough credit, especially building a defense around the likes of Brook Lopez and that drop back style and being the best team in the NBA in terms of protecting the rim and, and paint uh, defense. Uh, you know, he's done such a good job on both sides of the floor. And you look at a lot of the players on the roster, even outside of Giannis, but Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, all of those guys were having career seasons. I, I agree. I would be totally fine if Bud got it. Um, I think defensively is a good point. He create, I mean, The Bucks give up the most threes in the in the league, I believe, are the best defense because they just protect the hell out of the rim and they get every single rebound and always get back in transition. They don't, they don't put foul. right, and they just let like bad shooters shoot a million threes. So I thought it was interesting and kind of trend setting too. Yes, but but you know I, I have no qualms with uh, with Doc Rivers winning the award either. Especially you know the the Clippers have gone on a nice little run here, and I think currently yeah. they're in the the sixth spot in the West, which is uh, it is uh, an overachievement if, I, if I've ever seen one. But uh, moving on now to Executive of the Year. Who do you have for that spot? This one was tough. I think there's a lot of good candidates. Um, I just went with Sean Marks, even though it may not be this year. It's kind of been a year's in total. But what he's done with that Nets team, I think, has just been incredible. To turn around... One of the biggest dumpster fires in recent memory who just made one of the worst trades ever and then keep developing and adding young players and finding, you know, diamonds in the rough like Kuruks this year. And then, of course, D'Angelo, Dinwiddie, they got Joe Harris off the scraps. Uh, Levert, I, I don't know, late round draft picks that hit like Jared Allen. I mean, the list goes on and on. He built a deep team. He built a team that just works and plays well together. Uh, so I just think he deserves credit, but there's really a lot of guys who could get it this year. 
Yeah, Brooklyn's story is really fascinating. Of course, you mentioned a couple of years ago made that uh, D'Angelo Russell trade, which is it seems to be paying off. Although it looks like he's going to get a big payday this off season. Uh, yes. And you know he's he's made a, a bunch of minor moves as well. You know, drafting the likes of Lavert and Jared Allen, and and uh, you know um, acquiring Joe Harris and and developing him into the player yeah. that he has become. You know, a lot of a really good story, and and also you know they're they're fighting for a playoff spot with the likes of Miami and Orlando uh, and Detroit. And you know, unlike most teams, you know, I, I think a lot of teams would be better suited falling into the lottery as opposed to fighting to get destroyed in the first round. I think with where Brooklyn has been, I think they should be going for the playoffs because I think that'd just be such a good story, and uh, you know, for the fan base, be something that they could actually look forward to. No, I, Brooklyn making the playoffs—it's a big deal, even if they get smoked uh, after what they've been through. And he, he deserves a lot of credit for My pick for Executive of the Year is Masai Ujiri. He's done just an absolutely fantastic job with the Raptors. Uh, Bringing in Kawhi, obviously, uh, has has really paid off. They they are a legitimate contender, I think most people feel, in the Eastern Conference. Getting Danny Green in that deal as well, he's been fantastic. And I mean, you know, looking at uh, his, his draft pick of Pascal Siakam, you know, that is looking better and better by the day. So now we uh, we can move on to first team All NBA. Let's start with uh, let's start with the backcourt. So who do you have as the guards for first team All NBA? Uh, so I think it's Locke, Curry, and Harden. Uh, obviously, Harden averaging thirty six per. I mean, he's a lock. Yes. I really, yeah, MVP candidate. You know, and then Steph missed a little time, but when he's played, I think he's had under. He's been absolutely dominant. Uh, true shooting. Percentage efficiencies ridiculous. Uh, so Steph and Harden, my guards. I mean, Steph is shooting forty three point seven percent from three on twelve attempts a game. It's just absurd what he it's is absurd. doing. You know, he, uh, you know, the Nate Duncan on on the Dunked On podcast has talked about he's maybe lost a half a step athletically, and you know, you see that in the fact that his two point percentage isn't quite as high as it used to be, and his his free throw attempts, but. You know, he's compensated for that by just jacking more threes. And, you know, efficiency-wise, he's pretty on par with what he's been in previous seasons. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement. And, yeah, you, you know, if Harden is number two in the MVP, he certainly has to be on uh, All-NBA first team. Yeah, those two, those two weren't hard, but it definitely gets harder as we go down the list. All right, let's hear who you've got at the, at the forward spots on the first team. Forwards, Giannis and Paul George. Uh, Paul, we talked about Giannis. Obviously, I think he's MVP. And Paul George, he was a candidate for most improved this year. Absolutely stud, dominant year on both ends of the court. Slipped a little with the shoulder injury, but I think he's getting it back now. That's been absolutely huge for OKC. They're a disaster when he's not on the court. He's been a total boss this year, so I'm giving it to Paul George. Yep, I've got, uh, I'm in total agreement there. You know, 28 points a game, uh, you know, 2.2 steals, shooting 38.7% from three on nearly 10 attempts a game. He has, you know, far and away been Oklahoma City's best player. And, you know, they've they've uh, fallen back, which is, for me, why he's kind of, you know, that MVP race has become a two-man race because Oklahoma City's record has, has suffered a little bit. But, but Paul George has been excellent all season long and, and 
And, uh, you know, not only, again, on the offensive end, but he's been a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, which is, uh, which is very impressive in its own right. We already discussed Giannis enough uh, with the, uh, w- when we both selected him as yeah. MVP. So who do you have then at, uh, at the center spot on the first team? This was tough, a lot harder than the other positions. I went with Jokic, though. I think what he's done and what he means to Denver, and Denver has dealt with a lot of injuries this year, but the one consistent has been Jokic, and he just carries that offense in the most unique. I think he's already the best passing big man ever. I think defensively he took a step forward this year. I think scoring-wise he took a step forward. He carries that team on a lot of nights when they're playing with, like, Tory Craig and are just totally undermanned. He makes it work with Plumlee in the front court and a whole bunch of different lineups. Whoever's out there, he makes it work. So I'm giving it to him. He's been awesome. Yep, I, uh, we, we've got uh, all five. Uh, we're in agreement. And, and I think the, the, the debate for first-team center, I think, came down to, I don't know if, if you agree with this, but came down to Jokic versus Embiid. And, yes. uh, you know, the, I think what, uh, what gives Jokic the edge is not only the games played, Jokic has played 76 compared to Embiid's 62, which that's significant, especially when you're talking about two guys that are extremely close. And, you know, the, the Nuggets not only have a, you know, a two-game lead in the standings over the Sixers, but, you know, the, the defense, you know, I think that's the one thing that everyone would say, oh, for sure, Embiid is a better defensive player than Jokic, and I'm certainly not disagreeing with that statement. But as a team, uh, you know, Denver is 10th uh, is in defensive rating, and the Sixers are at 13th right now. So, you know, that difference in, in defensive quality between the two maybe hasn't impacted the, the team's win totals as much as you would expect. Yeah, no, and I think the game's play definitely does matter. And as I said, he's been, he still has his limitations defensively, but I thought he took a big step forward this year. He's been solid, a little bit better shape. He's just been a stud, so I think I give him the nod. Yeah, his positioning and his uh, his hands getting in there for strips and, and the, all those sorts of things, he's he's improved greatly on that. And I think, you know, with, with just intelligent players, and we, we've seen with his passing the kind of basketball IQ he has out there on the floor, you know, those sorts of players can get away with maybe a little bit of lack of athleticism on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, moving now to uh, second-team All-NBA, who do you have in the backcourt for the second team? So one guard was easy. I thought it was for Damian Lillard. Uh, just a boss, boss season. Just gets better every year. Around 27, 5 and 5. I think his passing got better this year. I think besides Steph is one of the best, is the best pull up three point guard. Uh, just so crafty in the pick and roll. Can really do anything he wants offensively. I'm giving it to Lillard. Second guard, I went to Kyrie. And I know the Celtics have had a weird year. They've been inconsistent. And then there's a whole, they sometimes win games without him. But if you look at the on-off numbers, they're a lot better when Kyrie plays than when he don't. He's been huge in clutch time situations this year. He's carried their offense for good stretches this year. So I'm going to go Lillard and Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Kyrie's leadership and, and all the chemistry issues the Celtics have faced, you know, Kyrie's numbers are as good as ever. You know, 24 points a game, a career-high 7 assists a game, uh, 59% true shooting on nearly 30 usage. 
the guy has, has balled out, and he's gotten much better defensively since he's been in a Celtics uniform. Very true. Yeah, I think he had his best defensive season this year, and he he, he was a beast when he played, man. So I think I think he deserves that number two. Even though it's a deep guard year, I think he deserves it. Yeah, so so I had Kyrie and uh, Lillard pretty much as locks. I didn't think there were there were many guards that that competed with either of them. So so I've got those two as well. Uh, who do you have at uh, at the forward spots on the second team? Uh, forward, first one I have Durant, who just you know under the radar, another fantastic Durant year, just ridiculously efficient. I think he's the best player in the NBA now, even though not an MVP. When he wants to, he can just do whatever he wants. I have Durant there, and the second forward I went with Blake Griffin, who I think under the radar had a monster year. Look, the Pistons have had their ups and downs. They played better late, but without Blake, especially the on-off numbers, they're really bad. <laughs> yeah. And Blake has improved his shooting tremendously. His passing has always, I think, been really underrated. He carries that offense on many nights. Without him, they would be lost. So I'm going Blake. I love that pick. I, I had Blake on my third team, and I went with uh, Durant and Leonard. But, you know, I, I certainly can see the case for... That. Yeah, I certainly uh, see the case for uh, for Blake over Kawhi, especially when you you talk about games played. You know, Blake has been. That's what gave me the edge. Yeah, yeah, I I totally understand that argument, and and Blake Griffin, you know, has notoriously been the guy that has been in Kawhi's position and playing, you know, less than uh, the satisfactory yeah. amount of games. But I just think Kawhi's play on both ends of the floor when he's been out there, you know, averaging nearly twenty seven a game, nearly sixty one percent true shooting on thirty usage. Uh, you know, I, I just gave Kawhi a slight edge there, but but I, I love that Blake pick. I saw on uh, on on Zach Lowe's column uh, his ten things. He mentioned that Blake Griffin is third in the NBA in made step back threes behind only Harden and yes. Luka Doncic, which is absolutely insane considering the player Blake Griffin was just a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, his ability to improve and add stuff to his game and. How awesome he's been this year for Detroit! I think it's been awesome, but yeah, obviously, we'll talk, I'm quite thirteen. He's been an absolute beast when he's played this year. All right, so second team All NBA. Who do you have at center? I went with Embiid. Uh, only the sixty-two games played, but uh, he's been an absolute force on both ends. Obviously, rim protection, block shots, absolute dom- the most dominant post player I think in the league. Uh, Sixers are way better with him, obviously, in terms of on-off court and just the games he played. I think he took a big step forward this year. I think he got even better, so I went with Embiid. Yep, I, I'm in total agreement. Yeah, the the 27.5 points, almost 14 rebounds a game, nearly two blocks, and and I think the thing this year that's made him, a, you know, made a huge leap for him on the offensive end is the free throw attempts, averaging over 10 free throw attempts a game behind only James Harden, and you know he shoots a good percentage, shoots over 80 percent from the line. So yeah. you know he's been so good, and he he's gotten a lot more crafty in learning how to draw fouls on the block. And, you know, his combination of size and that craftiness makes him a really difficult matchup. Yeah, his footwork is outrageous. And just his quickness for his size is just like, it just, it's, it just like, it's jarring. <laughs> yeah, his ability to, you know, those, those chase down blocks he's able to make on in transition, yeah. uh, you know, opportunities are, are LeBron-esque at times. 
so so uh, we've gotten through the first and second team. Let's hear who you got in the backcourt of the third team. I, I imagine this was, was difficult for you because it was for me. This was really difficult. Um, I considered a lot of people here. I ended up going with Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker. But I consider Ben Simmons. I consider Mike Conley. Um, but so it was tough. But Bradley Beal, and I know the Wizards stink in our dumpster fire. But man, I can't imagine them without Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Twenty six five and five. I think one of the most dominant. I also consider Donovan Mitchell. That's the other person. Okay. Um, yeah. But Beal, I mean, man, offensively. He's really just become unstoppable. His playmaking took a huge step forward. He gets to the rim and to his spot whenever he wants. He's one of those players who can just get, like, scary hot. Like, I'm going to hit ridiculous threes back-to-back in your face. He's been, And I know defensively he hasn't been great, but he's just been so good offensively. It's been ridiculous. And then Kemba, uh, look, he's... He started off super hot. He cooled a bit. He's been back. He had 47 the other night. Again, defensively not good. Charlotte, not a very good team. But without him, it may be the worst team in the league. He carries the (laughs) offense on a nightly basis. Again, I thought he improved his playmaking. Not the most efficient year for him, but considering the volume he has to carry for that team, I get it. Uh, I thought he also improved getting to the line a little bit more this year. So I went with Beal and Kemba, but this was tough. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you being a a Charlotte Hornets fan, I know this is going to break your heart, but I had Kemba missing. Uh, He was the the toughest omission, though, for me. He, You know, you're right that not only did he have a really hot start to the season, but he's picked it up as of late. And, and yeah, after that 47-point performance, I... uh, I, I wanted to uh, to put him on there, but but I've actually got a guy that that you didn't mention. I, I agree with Beal. I had him on there, uh, but the guy that uh, that I've got that uh, hasn't been mentioned yet is Clay Thompson. Uh, and and oh, and and unlike Kemba, Clay Thompson got off to a horrible start, and uh, you know didn't make a three point shot. It seemed like for the first month or two of the season, but you look at his numbers. He's back over forty percent from three for the season. I know, it's, uh... That was crazy considering where he started. And, you know, he's he's over 20 points a game. And, again, he's averaged 20 points a game and 40% from three for five consecutive seasons now. And also, unlike Beal and Kemba and and some of these other guys in consideration for this third team, he's uh, he's easily the best defender out there as well. Yeah, he's definitely the best defender of the group. Uh, I like that pick. There's, I even considered Eric Bledsoe for a bit. He's been that good. There's been a lot. There, it was tough. There's, you can make cases for all of them, so I, I get it. Well, yeah, the uh, Eric Bledsoe is going to come up a little bit later. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So we got through the guards on the third team. Who are your third team All NBA forwards? Forward, so I have Kawhi, as uh, you had on the second team, and then I had LeBron. And I know LeBron's missed a lot of games, and their season turned out to be a disaster, and he's shut down now, but he's he still had one of his best efficiency years he's ever had, 27-8-8 and again. Um, I know defensively he's not the same, but his defensive RPM sales is still pretty good. I just couldn't leave him. He's LeBron. Right. He's LeBron. 
And so I am there. Yep, and and uh, again, we we flipped uh, Kawhi and Blake. I have Blake on the third team as well as LeBron. So we're in, we're in pretty much agreement there. And uh, you know the the idea for me in terms of of picking these All NBA teams is you know for the first team All NBA. It's it's pretty much like okay, who do I think are are the five best players in the league this regular season? And then second team is six through ten, and third team is is eleven through fifteen. So it would yeah. be pretty insane to to suggest that LeBron James hasn't been one of the best fifteen players in the league. It would be very insane. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right, so uh, we've we've got one more spot on the All NBA teams, and that is third team center. Which this was another one that I I struggled with a little bit. Yeah, so it came down to Gobert and Towns with me. Gobert with the defense. Towns. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns after Butler left, and and especially after the All Star break, has been ridiculous. <laughs> Yes. But I, I went with Gobert for a little bit more consistency. A, a huge offensive year from Gobert on the low. Um, a little more dominant, def- um, way more dominant defensively, obviously. So, tough pick, better team. I went Gobert. Yep, I, I'm in agreement with you there. Once again, um, the, uh, the, the thing for me is, you know, you look at, Okay, if this guy is your is your is your best player, and of course Utah has a competition there between Gobert and Mitchell, but really it is Mitchell's the best offensive player on that team, and Gobert's the best defensive player. Uh, yes. But you know, if if you talk about okay, we need a for for sure guy that can be our our number one player on both ends of the floor. I think Towns might be a better actual all around player than Gobert. But I think when it comes down to filling a role and helping your team win ball games, I think Gobert has succeeded more at that than Towns has. And of course, you know, Towns has had a messy situation in Minnesota with the whole Butler drama and, and all of that. And, and yes, he doesn't have the greatest teammates and, and doesn't have as great of supporting cast as Gobert does. But Gobert's defensive consistency, uh, you know, that travels. You know, every road game, Utah's going to be competitive because of him out there on the floor. Their whole scheme is designed around Gobert's defensive ability. And, you know, he is a plus offensive player, although he's nowhere near the offensive player Towns is. Gobert is still a, a great rim roller, and uh, he's improved his passing as well. I agree. That's well put. I think Towns deserves the player I just feel bad for award. <laughs> right, because he's in a, just a bad situation with teammates and organization and coach and Jimmy Butler and but absolute monster. But yes, overall, I think Gobert has been the better player. Well, and he's at a uh, at a stacked position now, which you know a few years ago yeah. people were saying, oh, maybe we should get rid of the center position entirely and just make the All NBA teams two guards and three front court guys. But now it's kind of gone in the other direction. It's like, man, we've yeah. got like five or six centers that are deserving of being on these teams, and you can only fit three. I know, it really is. It's become a way deeper cast than just a few years ago. Now, uh, let's move on to uh, to the All-NBA defensive teams. Uh, who do you have in the backcourt for, uh, for the first team? Uh, so, backcourt, a guy we mentioned a little earlier, Eric Bledsoe. Absolute stud. I always thought he had the capability on defense, just never seemed to bring it. But this year, it seemed to all click. Effort, knowing where to be, has had some monster games against top offensive talent. 
So I gave him the first spot. And then Danny Green, who is just one of the smartest, savviest, a transition defender extraordinaire. Uh, the defensive analytic numbers love him, so I have Bledsoe and Danny Green. Okay, so I actually have both of those guys, but uh, one of them on the second team. I've got Bledsoe on the first team. I'm in agreement there. Uh, you know, a 103.2 defensive rating when he's out on the floor. He's top 20 in deflections. Uh, he is 16th in the NBA in uh, player impact plus minus. He has been a monster. And as you said, in, in big-time matchups, he's been kind of the guy they throw on, the perimeter stars. You know, of course, both matchups yeah. against Houston, I think he's done a great job, uh, you know, of executing the game plan and, and forcing Harden to drive and preventing those step-back jumpers and also contesting from behind. But, yes, he has been absolutely fantastic for them. The other guy I have on the first team at guard is Marcus Smart. Uh, he's, uh, he's, I have him second. He's, he's first in the, in the NBA in steal percentage. He's fourth in deflections. You know, the, the defensive rating, the Celtics haven't been quite as good defensively in the second half of the season as they were in the first, but I don't think any of that has to do with Marcus Smart. He's absolutely a pest out there on the floor. Uh, he's given guys like J.J. Redick an absolutely uh, horrible time out there. He, uh, he absolutely sticks to him like glue. Uh, and, you know, he, he's just a guy that, you know, also does a lot of things uh, in an unconventional manner and, and, and just confuses opponents a lot of times. And, and he's also a great switch guy with his, uh, with his strength. I love Marcus Smart. I have him on my second team. So strong, can guard multiple positions. Probably the biggest pain in the ass to play against defensively. His effort is ridiculous. So, yeah, I love that pick. All right, so who do you have at uh, at the forward spots for for the, for the first team? Uh, same for first team All NBA. Paul George and Giannis. Paul George steals, deflections, defensive RPM numbers are all great. Can guard multiple positions with his length and anticipation. Giannis can guard all five positions. Block shots, steals, absolutely just swallow up players. So I've got those two. Yeah, and, and those are two of the guys that I have a two and three in, in the Defensive Player of the Year uh, voting as well, so I'm in agreement. And I assume we both have as the Defensive Player of the Year as also the first-team center. Yes, go Bears. <laughs> All right, so uh, so moving on to, to second team, I, I know you mentioned you've got Marcus Smart as one of the guards. Who do you have as yeah. the, the other second-team guard? This was tough, but I gave it to Drew Holiday. I think he's been a little bit forgotten because that their season just went to hell. But he's been an absolute stud on both ends. I mean, he can absolutely swallow up one, two, three positions. Great in terms of steals. Really physical player. So I'm going Drew Holiday. Yeah, this was absolutely the most difficult uh, decision I had out of all of them because there, to me, there weren't any candidates that really jumped off the page. Now, I went with, uh, as you mentioned, you had Danny Green on first team. I had him on second team. You know, he's number one amongst all guards in contested shots this season. He's got a 103.5 defensive rating. Of course, his net rating is through the roof. Um, you know, he, so yes, he, he's certainly been terrific for them, and he's another guy that can switch across multiple positions and, and do pretty well. The guy I eventually went with, and I certainly considered Drew Holiday, is Josh Richardson. Uh, you know, um, the, the Heat have a 104.8 defensive rating when Josh Richardson is out on the floor. The Heat are also the sixth best defense in the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. Uh, you know, I, I um, in a situation where, as you mentioned, Drew Holiday on a team that, 
that uh, certainly has has struggled on that end of the floor. I opted to go with a guy that uh, has been on a bit of a stronger defense. No, yeah, I love Josh Richardson. He's a he's a pain in the ass to play. So I know how good he is. I love that pick. All right, so now we're uh, we're now to second team All NBA defensive forwards. Who do you have for uh, for those two spots? I went with P.J. Tucker first, who's been the absolute Iron Man. And Houston, after a rough start defensively, has really started to pick it up together. And a huge key to their defense is Tucker. He guards one through four, and he sometimes plays center for them. His defensive anticipation and versatility and just his strength is just really noticeable. And then at the second forward, I have Paul Millsap, who... I think he's played enough games. He's been a big key to Denver's defense turning around. Uh, for his side, he gets a lot of steals. He gets a lot of blocks. He's really physical, a good post defender. So I've got Tucker and Millsap at the forwards. So I love both of those picks. Yeah, you know, the fact that Denver has become such a good defensive team, you got to give some of that credit to Malone, but obviously Millsap is, especially in that starting lineup, their, their best defensive guy. I love that pick. Uh, you know, we, we finally got uh, some discrepancy. It took till the second team all defense for us to have some differences here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but uh, I uh, I kind of cheated a little bit with one. Um, I, I went with Miles Turner at the forward spot. Um, oh, and, I, have, I have that center. Okay, well, and, and the reason I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, allowing that is, you know, he has played a lot of minutes with Sabonis this season. And uh, when Sabonis is out there, to me, he's the de facto center because Miles Turner is the floor spacer. So that was enough for me to say, you know what, I, I've got to move him to the forward line. Um, and, you know, he's been terrific this season. He's another guy, I think, that's in that top five in the defensive player of the year voting. Uh, you know, he's got a 103.7 defensive rating. He's first in the NBA in block shots and block percentage. Uh, and, and that Pacers defense has been terrific all season long. The other guy I have is uh, is Derek Favors. You know he's had a uh, like a, a really good comeback season for Utah. He's got one of the best uh, field goal percentage against numbers in the entire league. Uh, he's been great as that backup center to maintain the defense. You know he hasn't been quite as as uh, as stunning as Gobert at that, but you know they they don't get much of a drop off when Favors is out there and. Uh, so yeah, I, I've gone with with those two guys, even though Turner might be cheating a little bit. I love the Favors pick, and uh, but forward or center, I love the Miles Turner pick, and a really impressive season. I was concerned because I mean, just last year he was like Carl's. I thought an overrated defender. He would jump at blocks. He could never get. He was a bad rebounder. Couldn't foul too much. But his improvement in anticipation and footwork and being able to switch out in the perimeter and not foul so much, he took a huge stride. He's been one of the best defensive players in the league this year, so he's my center. Okay, so yeah, you've got Turner at center. And, and the reason I wanted to move uh, Turner to forward is because I wanted to get Joel Embiid in there as a second-team center. Uh, you know, uh, he, he hasn't been quite as good defensively as he was last year, and, and a large part, I think, because his uh, his offensive production and his energy has, has focused a little bit more on that end of the floor. But he's still, as we mentioned, his chase down blocks, his athleticism at the center position is uh, is pretty incredible to behold. Uh, so I, I got him as uh, as my final guy on the all-defensive teams. Let's now move to, uh, to the all-rookie teams. And 
And to me, this is one of the better uh, all-rookie classes we've had in, in quite some time. Yeah, no, this was a really, a really deep uh, draft for sure. A lot of guys who contributed right away. So who do you have at uh, who do you have uh, the I think the all rookie teams they don't actually have uh, positional designations. Uh, so uh, why don't you just rattle off your five on the first team? All right, so rookie of the year Luca obviously. Next up Trey Young, who's been just ridiculous recently. I put Jaron Jackson Jr. on, even though I know he's missed a lot of games, uh, but the start of the year, he was so impressive, especially defensively, which is very hard to do as a rookie. can guard multiple positions, protect the rim, and hit threes. He's perfect for the modern-day game. I put Bagley on next, who's really finished the season on strong. He's, his shot seems to be coming around. He's posting up some big numbers, getting a lot of boards towards the end of the season. And then I have DeAndre Aiden, who really struggled defensively at first, but I think has improved as the season has gone on. And offensively, he's been quite efficient around the rim and just a really solid rookie year. So that's my that's my five. We're, we're in total agreement. I had the same exact yeah. five. And, uh, you know, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. has done such a good job defensively uh, for, for Memphis. He's shown to be a, a positive contributor on that end. Marvin Bagley and Aiden have shown to be, you know, uh, that they're going to be really good offensive big men for, for years and years to come. And, and we've already talked about Doncic and Young. Uh, so who do you have then on your uh, second team? Second team, Colin Sexton, who's had a nice little flurry of some big scoring games recently. His shot has come around a lot since the start of the season. He's been averaging 20 recently. Defensively, still stinks, but that's okay. He's young. <laughs> uh, then I have Shy Georges Alexander, who not some flashy stats and not big games, but starting for a playoff team has shown some good defensive instincts, a good passer, really crafty around the rim. I like his game. Uh, the forward spots, I both the bridges. <laughs> Miles has started off well, hit a rookie wall for us, but has been starting recently, has improved defensively a ton throughout the season. Mikel has started the season as a good defender, good shooter. And then finally, the center, well, you know, there's no positions. I went Mitch Robinson for the Knicks, who has just been a stud recently. One of the best shot blockers in the game already, getting a lot of rebounds, a nice lob threat. So that's my second five. Okay, so we, we agreed on four of the five, and I agree with you on Mitchell Robinson, although I'd like to give a shout-out to Wendell Carter Jr. He probably would have been on this team yes. ahead of Robinson had he played more games. Um, but uh, I agree on the on the two bridges. Mikel Bridges is already top ten in the NBA in deflections. He's already shown that he's going to be a good defensive wing in the league. His three-point shot hasn't gone down as much. Uh, as you would like, but I think that, uh, you know, his shot looks good. I, I would expect that to improve. And yes, Miles Bridges, he's already got a man's body. He's improved defensively throughout the season, and he started to knock down those corner threes, I think, which is is really valuable as well. And, and uh, you know, he's such a good athlete. He he makes some, some really nice hustle plays out there. He's been, he's been a, a solid rotation piece for Charlotte. And then uh, I agreed on Shy. He's been, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he plays older than his age. He he really looks Definitely. like a veteran out there. Uh, the only discrepancy is I did not have Colin Sexton on there. In, instead, I had Landry Shamit on my second team. 
And uh, the, the, the reason for that, you know, he's, he's been very consistent all season long on a couple of, of actual playoff teams. He's, he's uh, you know, he, he got into that Philadelphia rotation and, and deservedly so. And since it's been traded to the Clippers, he's been playing, uh, you know, decent minutes there. And he's been knocking down threes all season long. He's kind of a, a J.J. Redick light. Uh, you know the you know he's he's been solid although again not not very good defensively but uh, you know his offensive contributions uh, you know compared to Sexton he's been uh, you know he's been a positive offensive contributor for basically the entire year. Oh yeah, he's now a, a starter for a playoff team, really good shooter, plug and play kind of guy. So I, I like the pick. I just went with Sexton's his raw numbers more. We had a couple of discrepancies, were, which were fun to uh, to discuss. But uh, was there anything else that uh, anybody else you felt like giving shout outs to uh, on their season? Um, in terms of rookies, no. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was as hard. I thought it was a pretty clear top ten to twelve rookies, and then I thought it was a significant significant drop. There's a, there's definitely a reason why there's not a third team all rookie. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, there there was one other guy just going back through through all of the the different awards we discussed. I think uh, Nikola Vucevic deserves some uh, some talk. Nate, Nate Duncan mentioned this on uh, on Dunked On recently for oh, okay. for most improved yeah. player. Uh, you know he has just been absolutely fantastic and. His defensive numbers have been have been really good. You know they they run that. Uh, you know I think Steve Clifford is is a pretty good defensive coach, and they've they've executed that drop back scheme with Vucevic, and he's done a reasonable job being in the right place again, despite like Jokic uh, a little bit of a lack of athleticism on the defensive end. But uh, you know his offensive game. He's you know aside from Carl Anthony Towns and and and. Uh, you know, Jokic Embiid, he's been the best offensive center in the NBA. No, he's been dominant this year and has carried that team. Without him on the floor, they're a disaster offensively and took a big step defensively, good passer, shooter, post. I mean, he's complete, an absolute beast. He he deserves a something. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, again, as we yeah. mentioned, the, the center position is so stacked, he's probably not going to get anything. But, you know, he was an all-star, which is... Uh, which is yeah. something that Rudy Gobert cannot say. Uh, so um, thanks, uh, thanks, Evan, so much for doing this. Was, this was a lot of fun. Absolutely, my man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Duncan Dynasty. If you'd like to support the show, you can follow me and the program on Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a rating and review. You can email me at g-bougay, B-U-G-A-Y, at O-N-U dot E-D-U. You can uh, give me any questions, comments, concerns, compliments. I'd be happy to to hear from you, and uh, hopefully I can get back to you as well. You can get a hold of me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Garrett Bougay. Garrett is spelled with uh, two R's and two T's. You can also uh, catch me on Twitter at Garrett Bougay. I plan on airing episodes just about every Wednesday with occasional breaks throughout the uh, the entirety of the 2018-19 season, including the off-season. And uh, if, you're, if you're starving for more content, I urge you to check out any of my guests' previous material, uh, 
A lot of the guys I have on have their own podcasts as well and do a lot of interesting stuff. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.